بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى أما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم إن الله وملائكته يصلون على النبي يا أيها الذين آمنوا صلوا عليه وسلموا تسليما رسالته الشريف اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد So we're going through the book of Imam Al-Qurtubi Rahmatullah Alayh At-Tathkira uh, The reminder regarding the condition of the dead And the experiences of the life hereafter And we're following the stages and the purpose is, first of all, for us to know what is going to happen in the hereafter. It's imperative for every Muslim to know and have this knowledge, what is going to happen, what are the stages of the hereafter. And secondly, as we know these stages, we are being told to envision them, to imagine them, to visualize. So this is a whole visualization process which we should be going through on a regular basis. This is probably the most reformative thing we can do in terms of our own spiritual development, our own self-development. The, the, the thing that will boost us the most is going through this visualization process. But we can't visualize until we know. So we need both things. So where did we get to? We got to the day of Jadwin. So it's the day of Qiyamah. And we spoke about the questioning. The Arat, beyond the Arat, the presentation. When people will be presented in the court of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and what will happen then? What kind of things will we get questioned about? So when Allah revealed the verses of the Quran, where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, then you will surely be asked regarding the blessings. So the Sahaba said, Ya Rasulullah, what kind of blessings are we going to be questioned about? What are we going to be asked about? Like we're, we're living such a simple life, we've hardly got anything. What are we going to be questioned about on the day of judgment? So the Prophet said, the first thing that Allah is going to ask a person about on the day of judgment is going to be, Alam, did we not give you good health? Did we not give you good health? Did we not give you cold water to drink? These are blessings. So we don't have to possess loads in order for us to be questioned or to be considered as people who have blessings. So these are huge blessings as well. The more common hadith that we hear regarding the Day of Judgment is a person will not be able to move from the place of reckoning until we have given satisfactory answers for five questions. First of all, regarding life. What did you do with your life? Secondly, what did you do with your youth? Number three, how did you earn your wealth? Number four, where did you spend your wealth? And number five, what did you do with the knowledge that you possessed? How did you act upon the knowledge that you possessed? Now, the things that we've covered so far, and especially yesterday we spoke, not yesterday, Monday, Monday, yeah, Monday, we spoke about um, how and there are narrations that say, say that on the day of judgment your life is going to be played back stage by stage like moment by moment and people are going to watch and it's going to be in the front of everybody and that's very scary to think about and it's very worrying but at the same time we do know that there are certain actions that are done in the world which will ensure that our life is not played uh, on playback for everybody to watch and rather it will be done in secret or people will not be able to see so we hear a narration where the Prophet وسلم, tells us that on the day of judgment Allah will bring a person close to him and then Allah will draw a curtain Allah will draw a curtain so between you and this between you and Allah that it'll just be you and Allah Allah will draw a curtain, nobody will be able to see what's going on or hear this conversation. And then it says that Allah will place his, this is according to Allah's majesty and grandeur. We don't know how this is going to be. This is just a figure of speech. Do you know how we, you bring someone close to you and you put your hand on their shoulder and then you kind of talk to them in private? 
So he says, Allah will place his hand on the person's shoulder again, as it's according to his majesty. We don't know how it's going to be. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say, so did you commit this sin on this particular day? Like nobody's hearing this. And the person's going to confess. Yes, oh Allah, I did. And then Allah will say, so did you do this one? Hal ta'rif, do you remember? And you'll say, yes, Rabbi Arif, I know. Allah will say, what about this one? Did you do this one as well? Do you remember this day? On this day, at this time, you did this. And you'll say, yes, oh Allah, I remember that one as well. Then Allah will say, Inni satartuha alayka fi dunya wa inni alfiruha lakalyom. I conceal your sins in the world, and I'm going to forgive you today on the day of judgment. And this person will be given his book of deeds in his right hand, and he'll be excited. So there will be people who go through this scenario as well. We also hear there are certain actions in the world that if we carry them out, then Allah will protect us on that day. For example, whoever hides the sins of another Muslim, Allah will hide your sins on the day of judgment. So there are some things that we can do in this world to ensure that we don't have to face the disgrace of Yawmul Qiyamah. And one of the, this is very powerful. Man satara Musliman, satara Allahu, satarahu Qiyamah. Whoever hides the sins and the faults of any person in this world, Allah will definitely hide your sins on the day of judgment. So, and, and then you've got Toba. You've got Toba. Like, some people ask that, well, if life's going to be on playback, then what about Toba? Isn't Toba supposed to wipe everything away? If it's wiped away, then playing it back in front of everyone, you're kind of having to go through that disgrace. So, yeah, what do you make Toba from? What do you generally make Toba from? We make Toba from like big sins, major sins. Are those the only type of sins that we carry out? Or there's other sins as well in between? Right? And a lot of times we, we might not consider a sin to be major and we might not make Toba from it. So we've made Toba from certain sins and those have been wiped out. They wiped out from your book of deeds. They wiped out from the places where you committed them. Even the angels don't remember those sins anymore. So they won't be able to, they won't be played back. But in between, we've got a lot of lapses in between, a lot of shortcomings. And this is why the Prophet ﷺ in every gathering, Sahaba say we would count him making istighfar sometimes 70 times. Like you've sat in a gathering now, right? But if this gathering will be over, you'll get up and go. So in each gathering like that, he would do astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah, astaghfirullah. And they say we'd count it 70 times, sometimes 100 times. And this is for the minor lapses in between. Toba is for the major sin. But in between, we've got a lot of ups and downs. And the Prophet ﷺ didn't have any sins. But he was teaching you and me how our relationship should be with istighfar. These are the 10 days of istighfar of Ramadan. And this is a habit that we need to adopt. That standing, sitting, reclining, one, one meeting to another meeting, one gathering to another gathering, one vehicle to another vehicle. We're going in between. There needs to be lots of istighfar. We don't currently have the habit of istighfar. Istighfar is something the Prophet was very, very oft recited. He would be doing it all the time. In each gathering, Sahaba, he would count 70 times, 60 times, 100 times within a, a few moments where he's just said, Astaghfirullah, 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 Astaghfirullah. It wasn't like, it wasn't constant, but it was like, it featured every now and again, every now and again, and before and after and during, doing everything, there was a, there was a recital of Astaghfirullah going on, uh, going on, being conscious of the fact that, uh, you know, you're, you're seeking forgiveness. And the beauty of this is Man Lazibal Istighfar, 10 days of Istighfar. Whoever makes a habit of Istighfar, whoever becomes regular in Istighfar, three huge blessings. Allah will make a way out from you from every difficulty. And Allah will make a, a means for you, Allah will make an opening for you at the time of every stress, every worry, Allah will make a way out for you. And Allah will give you sustenance 
from places that you didn't even imagine. Even you didn't even imagine it's going to come from there. And Allah will give you risk and sustenance from such places. This is for people who make a constant habit of istighfar. So this is something we need as well. Now, there's going to be three types of hisab on Yawm Al-Qiyamah. Number one, remember we spoke about on Monday, there'll be a group of people when the Prophet ﷺ will go into sajda, he'll make intercession, Allah will say, take a group of people from your ummah into Jannah without any reckoning. So that will be the first category. No hisab, no reckoning. May Allah make us from amongst them. No hisab whatsoever. The second category, which will be the general Muslims, will be hisab and yasira, an easy reckoning. But Allah will open your book. He will check your deeds. He will go through it, but it will be like a gloss over. Okay, fine, go. So it will be checked, but this is hisab and yasira. When you're saying, Allahumma hasibni hisab and yasira, this is what it means. And then the third category is when Allah will analyze and he will interrogate and he will question and he will ask about particular details about each and everything. This is an interrogation and this is very difficult. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us from this. Now amongst the people that are going to be questioned on the day of judgment, the first, we've been told in the hadith, the first, who are the first people to be questioned? The first people to be questioned on the day of judgment. Now, before we go on to that, we're going to be speaking about the scales very soon. We're not at the scales yet. Because once you've got your books, you have to go to the scale and get it weighed. And we're not, we've not reached there yet. And one thing we learn is in the scales, the weight of your deeds will be based on what? Quantity or quality? It's going to be the quality, not necessarily the quantity. So, it's not the quantity, it's the quality. And the quality will be based on what? Sincerity and ikhlas. However much ikhlas a person has, that's how weighty the deed is going to be. So the first people, that are first category or first type of people that will be summoned on the day of judgment for questioning, we are told in the authentic narration. First is going to be a martyr, a scholar or a qari, and a person who was uh, very generous. And these people will be summoned first and questioned. The martyr will be asked, so what did you do? And he'll say, oh Allah, just for your sake, I gave my life. This is a supreme sacrifice. I gave my life. And Allah will say, no, you lied. You gave your life, why? So that people call you a martyr. You didn't do it for me. What you wanted, you've already achieved in the world. So today there is nothing left for you. So even though he gave, he, his action was huge, but he didn't weigh anything in the court of Allah, no weight. Why? Because the essential ingredient was missing, which was sincerity. And this person will be thrown into the hellfire, may Allah protect. Then a scholar will be called, or in some narrations, he's a qari of the Quran or a scholar. Again, same thing will be asked, what did you do? You'll say, I learned the religion, I learned the Quran. I taught it to the people, I educated the people. And Allah will say, no, you lied. You didn't do it for me. You do it so people consider you a great scholar, a great reciter. What you actually wanted, you've already got. You've already achieved your objective in the world. You didn't do it for me. You do it for the praise of the people. People praise you. But Allah is kind. He's saying, that's what you wanted, I gave it to you. Whatever you want, Allah is going to give you. Man kana dunya, Quran says, whoever wants the dunya, we'll give it to him. You can have it. And whoever wants, but then in the hereafter, there'll be no portion for you. Whoever wants the akhirah and the dunya, Allah will give you both. This is why the dua teaches us to say, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana, wa fil akhirati hasana, wa qina adabna. Both. We ask for both in, in the dua. A lot of us are shy for asking for dunya or we feel guilty for asking for dunya or we religiously we think it's wrong. But the Quran is saying, Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana. Ask for dunya as well. There's nothing wrong. Sulaiman made such a big dua for dunya. Massive. He said, Rabbil finli, Allah forgive me. Wa habli mulkan la yambadi li ahadim min ba'di. Allah forgive me, and then he says, grant me such a kingdom, huge kingdom, that you will not give to anyone after me. 
So the Prophet said, wealth is very good in the hands of a pious person. A lot of wealth is very good in the hands of a pious person. Pious person will have wealth and do good things with it. So if you're a good person and you're trying to become a good person, wealth is nothing wrong in your hands because you're going to use it for good causes. You will benefit yourself and benefit other people. So, Rabbana atina fid dunya hasana, but at the same time we become focused on akhirah as well. Wa fil akhirati hasana, wa Now, these people, and, and this is why, whenever we do anything, it's important for us to keep asking ourselves questions. Why? Keep asking yourself, why am I doing it? Who am I doing it for? What is the reason? We keep questioning. That's the only way. There's no other way. There's no thermometer that you can put inside and tells you, okay, you've got 50% class today. You have to ask yourself. You have to question yourself. There's no other way. Um, and that's, that's, that's a must. Now, when the hisab is going to be done, and the hisab will be done, and people will be given their books, one of the reasons why you're given your book is you can check the accuracy of what's been documented to make sure that there's no injustice done to you. There's nothing that you didn't do that was added, or maybe you did something and it's not been missed out. So you can go through your records and check on there that everything is there. So what gives weight to good deed is sincerity. This is why it is not permissible or allowed for us to judge anyone. You cannot judge anybody, no one. Because you don't know, you don't know how sincere someone is. Maybe in front of you, they might have not done something sincere. In front of you, they might look like the worst person you've seen. Who Allah knows, maybe they hate the lifestyle they're living. They might be sustaining it because it's an ongoing thing. Inside, they probably hate it. They might absolutely feel disgusted about the bad habit that they have. And they might be crying to Allah. But they maybe they've not quit yet, but they really want to. And they're sincerely crying to Allah. Doesn't give me a right to judge anybody for how they look or what their apparent is. Imam Ghazali mentions an ayah of the Quran. The instruction that Allah has given to us is to become mukhlis in the deen. And based on that, he says, one action of ikhlas is sufficient in your life there could be one deed you do which is of ikhlas and that could be sufficient for you on the day of judgment and he quotes the story of the prostitute the woman who gave a thirsty dog a drink of water she didn't have anything good in her life but that one action of feeding a, do a thirsty dog she wasn't doing tahajjud or going for hajj or giving sadaqah or going in jihad it was an animal, which was a dog, right, which we Asians run away from. And she took water and gave it to this dog. And that action was done with so much sincerity and ikhlas that he overshadowed and, uh, and overpowered all of her sins. And Allah made her from amongst the people that were forgiven. So one deed would be sufficient. However, there are going to be people on the day of judgment that they'll get the book of deeds. Now this is where it gets worrying. So you've got your book of deeds and you've got it in your right hand. Like that's amazing, right? You've got your book of deeds in your right hand and you're going through your book of deeds and you're delighted. You found some sins in there, but they're tucked away. You've seen all these book of good deeds and you're delighted. And you know that where are you going? Where are you going? You're going to go to Jannah. And now what's going to happen is before you go to Jannah, of course, there's more stages. So you have to go and get the book weighed, get yourself weighed or get your book weighed. So you're in line now to get, get it all weighed. We've not got to the Mizan yet. You're about to get there. But all of a sudden, all of a sudden, you're in line with your book of deeds. You've got it in your right hand. There's good in there. You're in that line and an announcement is made and that you're, you've been called out. Oh, you're in line, you're about to get your book of these weighed and you're going to put it in the right scale and someone taps you on your shoulder and you look around and it's someone you knew in the world. Qatada rahmatullahi says, there'll be nothing more scary on the day of judgment than seeing someone you knew in the world. 
scariest thing on the Day of Judgment is bumping into someone that you knew in the world. Why? Why? Because they're gonna, maybe you did something to them. Said, and on that day, people are gonna be looking for people like, that's gonna be the currency. Even if someone forgot, they're gonna find the, mm, where can I get more from? Right, you, you, you said something to me. If it's forgiven, it's forgiven. But if it's not forgiven, then a person is going to... And for example, I did something to Brother Bilal, okay, in the form of backbiting. If I said loads of rubbish about him, he doesn't know about it, right? That's what the whole idea of backbiting is behind his back. He doesn't know about it in the world. On the day of judgment, when he gets his book of deeds, he's going to see, hang on, this guy's been speaking about me. He's going to come look for you. He says, I need to speak to you. You're there with your book of deeds, about to get it weighed. And this guy's tapping on your head. He goes, no, 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 I, I, you owe me something. In, my, in here it says, you've been backbiting. Is that the case? And then all of these things will have to get sorted before the weighing happens. So even if a person ends up getting their book of deeds in their right hand, if we've messed up with people, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, I don't come in between them. You'll have to sort that amongst yourselves. So this is why Qatada rahmatullah says that the most scariest thing on the day of judgment, there'll be nothing more scary than seeing someone you knew from the world, fearing that you might have not fulfilled their right. And it even mentions like, narrations have mentioned someone you sat with, like some, sometimes you sit on the bus, you sat next to somebody for a minute or so, right? And you don't even realize sometimes you've been rude to them, you've ignored them, you've hurt their feelings without... And it's important that every interaction we have, we are conscious of this. Um, and this is why we're going through this. People will announce, uh, people will go around saying, does anyone know so-and-so? They'll be looking for you. And people will be looking around. And, and then an announcement will be made with your name, right? Whoever has anything to claim from this person, you know after the janazah, many times the janazah happens and somebody makes an announcement. Did, 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 did anybody, did this person owe anyone anything, any money? So exactly in the same way, an announcement will be made. You're about to go to the scales and you've been stopped. Hang on a second. We've got something else to deal with. What is it? Announcement is made. This person, the son of so-and-so, does he owe anyone anything? Does he owe anyone an apology? Was anyone hurt by this person? Did this person take anybody's wealth? Did he take your honor in any way, shape or form? And people will come. One person, okay, yes, he swore at me. Ah, you swore at him. Okay, right. Some of your good deeds are given away. You think that's it? Then somebody's on the other side. Oh, he was backbiting me. I found it in my book of deeds. More good deeds have gone. You're about to go somebody else, me as well. And then you look back and there's a whole line, a whole line of people. And one after the other, the hadith mentions that these people will come and they will say that, look, this is what this person did. And your good deeds will go. Until the angel will say, oh Allah, there are no good deeds remain. So now the only thing, because on that day it's just about deeds. That's all there is, is good deeds and bad deeds. So now the sins of these people will start going into your account. And it just depends on whatever gets decided after. After this, then we will have the scales to weigh, to see what you're left with and what the balance is. And this is why some scholars say that treat each person like a bank account. You want your bank account to be positive. You want to make sure that you're in credit with every person, you're always in, never in deficit. With each person, whoever you interact with, whether it's close family members like parents or children or your spouse or siblings or other general people, people you work with or just people of the community, ensure with every single person you are in credit, never in deficit with anyone. Whether it's uh, to do with uh, dealings or whether it's to do with just someone's honor it's you know what it's not worth it it's not worth it it's not worth it at all you might get away in the world with saying a few words here and there or you know laughing at somebody here and there but it's, in the long run it's not worth it
And we, the famous hadith we know, the Prophet ﷺ Do you know the, who's a bankrupt person? And people said, oh, he's a person who doesn't have any money. He said, no, no, the true bankrupt person on the Day of Judgment will turn up with loads of good deeds, but will be left with none because there'll be too many people asking for their rights. Um, so what can we do? I mean, one is we, we actively, for from now onwards, we make an effort not to hurt anyone, not to say anything or do anything that could hurt anybody. But at the same time, like there's a lot of people, some people might have passed away already. Some people, we might not see them ever again. We might have bumped into someone or saw someone in the street somewhere, and, you know, made a mockery out of them, you know. What can we do now? What you can do now is make dua for them. When you make dua for yourself, make dua for them. Make so much dua that Allah, you know, th when they see the duas that you've made for them and the rewards that they get, they will choose to forgive you on the day of Jannah. There is a dua of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. He will say, Allahumma ayyuma mu'minin aadaytuhu aw shatamtuhu faj'al dhalika lahu qurbatan ilayka yawm al-qiyamah. Oh Allah, anyone that I've insulted, oh Allah, you, you convert that insult into a reward for this person and nearness to you on the day of judgment so that when this person as a result of your dua when they see they'll choose that over the few deeds that can grab from you they'd rather choose that nearness that you've prayed for them from, from allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so this is something that we need to be mindful of and again if we don't know these things uh, if we don't learn about these things and we'll go about life saying x y and z to all sorts of people and, and it won't really affect us so now we will see it differently altogether so now imam wants us to go through a visualization process you've heard about it now now he's saying that i want you to visualize this imagine this is you you know, when we listen to talks, we're always thinking of other people. I'm going to tell him that this applies to her. No, you, nobody else. Because on the day of Qiyamah, we're going to be alone. It's going to be just us. He says, When this has taken place, when you know now, he's saying that this is what's going to happen. Every Muslim needs to take account of themselves. Like Umar radiallahu anhu used to say, Take account of yourself before your account is taken. Weigh your deeds before they're weighed on the Day of Judgment. You weigh them yourself. Why are you waiting for the Day of Judgment? You weigh yourself before that happens. So now he's saying, Now imagine you turn up on the Day of Judgment and you've got your book of deeds in your right hand and he's saying that you had so many good deeds and then people have turned up because you hurt them in the world. If you die, he's saying, imagine you died before returning people their rights or before apologizing to people. Now he's saying, imagine you're standing there, you're about to get your book of deeds that you got given in your right hand, you're about to get it weighed. But what happens is, there's a whole line of people. Someone's grabbing you by the hand. The other person grabbing you by the head. Someone's grabbing you by your shirt. And one person saying, you oppressed me. And the other person is saying, you swore at me. Another person is saying, you took the mikha of me. You backbited me. The other person is saying, You are my neighbor, you are a horrible neighbor. You disturbed me so much. Another person is saying, you, deal, you dealt with me, but you did a scam. You basically tricked me. You sold me something and you tricked me. Another person, The other person will say, you sold something to me, but it was faulty. And you didn't tell me. You said it was new, it was brand new, but it was faulty. The other person will say, you lied regarding the price. You said you got it for this much. But you lied, you got it for less and you sold it for much more. Another person will say, Another person will come up to you and say, You saw that I was in need. 
and you were well off and you didn't help me, you didn't feed me. Another person was وَجَدْتَنِي مَظْلُومًا وَكُنْتَ قَادِرًا عَلَى تَفْعِي الْمَظَالِمُ فَدَاهَنْتَ الظُّلْمُ وَمَا رَعَيْتَنِي You saw I was being oppressed and you had the power to stop the oppression but you didn't stop the oppression. And whilst this is happening and when the people will have surrounded you and they will be demanding that you pay them back and you will be thinking what has happened every single person that you had dealings with in life and you were not just towards them all of them will have surrounded you on the day of judgment and wherever you look you will see them surrounding you and at that time you will look you will try to look towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because Allah just gave you your book of mint in your right hand you just got to so you you still will have a shimmer of hope thinking Allah you, you just gave me my book of deeds in my right hand who are all these people get them away from me so you will look towards Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala hoping that he will help you but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will say today every person will be given according to what they did in the world there'll be no injustice today if you carry down injustice towards somebody else at that time imam al-qurtubi is saying imagine your heart becoming full of fear at that time, remember what Allah says in the Quran, Allah is not unaware of what the oppressors are doing. Every oppression that takes place is being watched, noted, recorded by Allah. What's happened in Palestine last night, everybody is aware. And we like to use this ayah of the Quran to speak about it there. That Allah's watching, Allah's noticing, it's all recorded. And we know that. But what about in our lives? We're very quick to speak about injustice when other people are doing it on a mass level. But what about us? The injustices we carry out, maybe towards our own parents, towards our own children, maybe towards our own siblings, towards our own spouse, towards our co-workers towards our neighbors. This is also dhulm as well. Just because we're not sitting in a governmental seat, we don't view ourselves. Who knows, maybe if I was sitting on that seat, I would probably done the same kind of dhulm as well. Maybe, just because we're not there, because we're sitting differently on a different level, we're seeing that as a huge injustice. And may Allah, you know, reward the people who have had to go through that. May He give shifa to those people who are sick and ill. And may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bring about a better situation. It's a very sad situation. More than 240 people were injured. And they arrested almost 500 people last night in a very bad condition. One of the most brutal attacks that have happened over the last so many years. Why was this done in Masjid al-Aqsa last night? For only one reason. Only one reason. Because they wanted to carry out. This was to facilitate the incursion of the Zionist settlers into Masjid al-Aqsa so that they can carry out Talmudic rituals. In particular, the sacrificing of the animal on the occasion of Passover. Just so that this can happen peacefully without any disturbance. Because the truth of the matter is, everything that happens in synagogue life is already happening inside Masjid al-Aqsa. Masjid al-Aqsa is already being treated by the Zionist state as a synagogue because everything that happens on a day-to-day -day basis inside the synagogue is already happening. If there's one ritual that hasn't happened so far inside Masjid al-Aqsa is the sacrificing of the animal, which happens on the Passover, which is now. Today was the first day of Passover. But the thing is, Passover for them or any festival doesn't last for one day, it lasts for a week. So it's not over. This is why Palestinians have been trying to do Atikaf in Masjid al-Aqsa from the first of Ramadan. And they've been kicked out brutally every night. And then they've been told, okay, you can do it on Friday and Saturday. Well, we're not silly. Friday, Juma, there's no incursion. Saturday, there's no incursion. So what difference does it make? As if, it's, as if they're trying to say, oh, we're being very kind and allowing you to do Friday and Saturday. They're saying, no, it's Masjid al-Aqsa is like the brother and sister of Masjid al-Haram. 
And if you're allowed to do itikaf there, and the Prophet said, you cannot undertake a journey to three masjids. What does that mean? You cannot undertake a journey. It means you cannot undertake a journey to any place in the world except for these three masjids with the intention of praying salah or making itikaf and expecting a higher reward. That's what it means. So itikaf is one of the main features of Masjid Al-Aqsa. Salah and itikaf, that's what it's for. That's the main feature. And no one is allowed to stop you. So they've been trying to prevent this just so that they can carry out this ritual. And that's why all of this happened. Alhamdulillah, uh, our masjid is connected directly to the Maqasid Hospital that's there and treating all of these people that have been injured. Where are they going to go? They're going to go to the Maqasid Hospital. So our masjid, Alhamdulillah, immediately we have the relief project already up and running. We've halted all other collections. And what's going to happen is for today, especially, and as long as they decide, all collections will be going towards supporting those who are hurt and injured, going to Maqasim Hospital in Jerusalem to help the cause of Masjid Al-Aqsa. So now also, if you can donate afterwards as well, inshallah. Zakat is also eligible as well. They do have at the hospital a Zakat fund. So anybody that can't afford an operation and they are eligible for Zakat, it goes from this Zakat fund. So please do dig deep. If you're thinking, what can you do to support what's happening in Masjid Al-Aqsa? Well, this is something you can do. It's right on your doorstep. So Imam Al-Qurtubi Rahmatullah is saying that, imagine this. And now he's saying this, How happy are you today when you backbite somebody? When we're sitting in those gatherings and those circles, or even on the phone or on WhatsApp, how excited we are backbiting somebody. He's saying that on that day, how sad are you going to be on the day of judgment? It's going to be even Stephen. In the world, how happy did you become backbiting somebody? He's telling us, visualize this now. Imagine that you, you're there on the day of judgment. You're standing there and all the people that you backbited have stood in a line. And you're regretting every single moment. And all your good deeds have already gone because all the people that came before you, they already took your good deeds. Imagine you have no good deeds left. And then, Now, look at yourself and look that you don't have any good deeds left. Nothing whatsoever. Nothing remains. What are you going to do? So he's saying that by us thinking about these things, How is it going to be, he's saying, oh miskeen, oh poor one, that when you see your book of deeds on the day of judgment will be totally empty, nothing left. Who wants to see the book of deeds empty? We're saying that, but he's saying that if we don't think about this, that's, if this is what's going to happen. The way to ensure that our book of deeds is not empty is we start visualizing the hereafter. We start imagining we've got there. Our book of deeds are full. And then one by one people have taken the good deeds and it becomes empty. That is what's going to be reformative. That thought, that visualization. And why is it? Why does that happen? Simple reason is because we didn't know how to treat people. And this is serious, how to treat other people, whether it be immediate people in our family or people we don't know, it doesn't matter. The thing here is treat, learning to treat other people. How do you speak to somebody? How do you behave with somebody? How do you think about somebody? How do we liaise with other people? This is what we need to know. Imam Ahmad ibn Allah, how, how, what, what are we supposed to do now in the world? One is, if we've said something to someone, if we've done something to somebody, we need to ask for forgiveness. We need to ask for forgiveness, ask them to forgive us. And don't think, um, I called the guy, but he didn't pick up. I've messaged him, I've messaged her, but she doesn't reply. Allah knows what they do is not your responsibility. Don't use that as an excuse. You do your part, you play your part. You've called, you've tried from your end. If they don't want to know you, if they still hurt, and from your side, you've done your bit. Your responsibility to is do is your bit and play your part where you do whatever you can within your capacity. Similarly, if you're on the receiving end, 
if you're on the receiving end, somebody's hurt you. Now, do you... I know it's serious, you're very hurt, but do you really want someone, even if it's your enemy on the Day of Judgment, to turn up and then their book of deeds go up totally blank and they've got nothing at all? I know you're hurt. So in that case, if you want to forgive somebody, you don't have to necessarily call them and tell them, you know what, I've forgiven you. You don't have to do that because that can open a hole. You can just forgive them in your heart. It's very easy. Forgive people in your heart. You know, Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal, everybody knows about Imam Ahmad and the trials, the trials that he went through. And whilst he was in prison, he was being flogged. He was being whipped and flogged. And as he was being flogged, later on his students asked him, Oh Imam, Oh Ustad, Oh our Sheikh, what was going through your mind whilst he was being flogged? What were you thinking about? And Imam Ahmad ibn Hanbal rahmatullah says, Every time I was flogged, I was saying to myself, Oh Allah, please forgive the person flogging. Each time he flogged me, I was saying, Oh Allah, please forgive the person flogging. So the student said, Oh Imam, why would you say that? They hurting you and you're praying for them. Listen to his response. He says, On the day of judgment, I didn't want to upset the Prophet that one of his people of his ummah would go to Jahannam because of me. I did not want one of the people of the Prophet ummah to be deprived of Jannah because of me. I know he's hurt me, but I put the Prophet before me and I thought, do you know what? I am really, really, really hurt. But I don't want to hurt him. So for his sake, for the sake of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, I decided, you know what? Allah forgive them. Allah forgive them. I've forgiven them for the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So this is going to be the day of Qiyamah before we get to the scales. Even if you've been given your book of deed in your right hand, before we get to the scales, if we've hurt people in the world, they will come tap on your shoulder and say, you owe me something. If we don't learn in this world how to treat people, how to be with people, how to speak with people, it's not just about when you're in front of them. It's easy to be nice to someone when we're in front of them, when we're behind the back as well. Because on the day of judgment, it will be in their book of deeds. They will come looking for you. But we didn't know that you backbited us, but we found out today because we found it in our book of deeds. It's been written here that you backbited me. So people will come looking for you. And if they find you, then the hadith mentions we have to give our good deeds away. If our good deeds end, then their sins will come onto our shoulders, into our books. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give us the understanding. Insha'Allah on Friday, we will speak about the next stage, which is going to be the hawd. The hawd. The Prophet has told us, if you can't find me anywhere on the day of judgment, come to the hawd. The pond, you will find me there. Those details, inshallah, we'll discuss on Friday. سبحان ربك رب العزة عما يذكرون سلام Recite the Rasulullah Allahumma salli ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala Sayyidina Muhammad wa ala ala La ilaha illa Allah, 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 la Subhanallah, walhamdulillah, 
ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله والحمد لله ولا إله إلا الله والله أكبر ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم سبحان الله وبحمده سبحان الله 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 العظيم استغفر الله 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 إلا الله محمد رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما صليت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد اللهم بارك على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد كما باركت على إبراهيم وعلى آل إبراهيم إنك حميد مجيد يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا ذا الجلال والإكرام لا إله إلا أنت سبحانك إني كنت من الظالمين وإلهكم إله واحد لا إله إلا هو الرحمن الرحيم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا حي يا قيوم يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين يا ارحم الراحمين والله protect the sanctity of the haramain sharifain والله protect the sanctity of masjid al-aqsa والله protect the people of masjid al-aqsa والله grant them the ability to continue resisting oh allah والله reward them for defending the masjid oh allah grant them strength oh allah grant them protection oh allah Allah. Grant them afia, O oh Allah. Make them strong in their resolve, O oh Allah. Increase them in their iman, O oh Allah. Increase them in their Islam, O oh Allah. Increase them in their love for you, O oh Allah. Wallah, they are defending the masjid on behalf of the whole ummah, O oh Allah. Wallah, you accept them, O oh Allah. Wallah, make them from the murabiteen, O oh Allah. You give them resistance, O oh Allah. Help them to always resist the occupation, O oh Allah. Wallah, put in the end, put an end to the illegal occupation, O oh Allah. Put an end to the illegal occupation oh Allah put an end to the illegal occupation oh Allah oh Allah you protect the people there oh Allah protect the men oh Allah protect the women oh Allah protect the children oh Allah protect the sanctity of the masjid oh Allah allow it to remain a masjid oh Allah allow it to purify it oh Allah purify it from all types of evil oh Allah purify it from all types of filth oh Allah purify it from all non-islamic rituals oh Allah purify masjid al-aqsa from from all non-Islamic rituals, O oh Allah. Purify Masjid al-Aqsa from all non-Islamic rituals, O oh Allah. Purify it, O oh Allah. Purify it, O oh Allah. Grant strength to the Palestinians, O oh Allah. Support them, O oh Allah. You be with them, O oh Allah. You rescue them, O oh Allah. You be there with their supporter, O oh Allah. Allow them to continue their i'tikaf, O oh Allah. Allow them to continue praying, O oh Allah. Allow them to continue praising you, O oh Allah. Open the doors for all of the Muslims 
Muslims to visit, O oh Allah, end all of the restrictions, O oh Allah. Those who were injured last night, O oh Allah, more than 300 people, O oh Allah, have been injured, O oh Allah. Grant them shifa, O oh Allah. Grant them afia, O oh Allah. Reward them for their sacrifices, O oh Allah. Reward them for their sacrifices, O oh Allah. Allow them to access easy treatment, O oh Allah. You make it easy for all of the people of Palestine, O oh Allah. The people of Gaza, O oh Allah, are making many sacrifices, O oh Allah. You make their lives easy for them, O oh Allah. Sustain and protect them, O oh Allah. Be with them, O oh Allah. Muslims, wherever they are suffering throughout the world, O oh Allah, you be with them, O oh Allah. Alleviate the sufferings from the Ummah, O oh Allah. Help and protect them, O oh Allah. Help and protect them, O oh Allah. Help them and protect them, O oh Allah. Put an end to the oppression, O oh Allah. Allow them to continue resisting the occupation, O oh Allah. Allow them to continue resisting the oppression, O oh Allah. Those who are suffering in Syria, in Turkey, in Iraq, in Yemen, in Somalia, in other places, Kashmir, wherever they are, O oh Allah, in China, O oh Allah, make it easy for them, O oh Allah. Reward them for their good deeds, O oh Allah. Reward them for their sacrifices, O oh Allah. O Allah, remove the obstacles from their path, O oh Allah. Allow us to also make sacrifices for your religion, O oh Allah. Accept our fasting, O oh Allah. Accept our taraweeh, O oh Allah. Accept our recitation of the Quran, O oh Allah. Grant us nearness and closeness to you, O oh Allah. Grant us your forgiveness, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, we need your forgiveness, O oh Allah. Grant us your forgiveness, O oh Allah. Grant us good akhlaq, O oh Allah. Allow us to treat other people fairly, O oh Allah. O oh Allah, protect us from any type of injustice, O oh Allah. Protect us from being unjust towards anybody, O oh Allah. Purify our tongues, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from lying and cheating, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from backbiting, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from being dishonest, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from namima and gossip, O oh Allah. Grant us a, tr a truthful tongue, O oh Allah. Grant us a grateful heart, O oh Allah. Grant us a body that endures sacrifices for your cause, O oh Allah. Grant us the true love of Rasulullah, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. O Allah, time will come when we all have to leave the world, O oh Allah. Make our last day our best day, O oh Allah. Make our final action our best action, O oh Allah. And grant us death with Iman and Islam, O oh Allah. Safeguard us from the punishment of the grave, O oh Allah. Grant us your shade on the day of judgment, O oh Allah. Grant us your shade on the day of judgment, O oh Allah. Grant our book of deeds in our right hand, O oh Allah. Allahumma hasibna hisaban yasira. Allahumma hasibna hisaban yasira. Allahumma hasibna hisaban yasira. O Allah, make our good deeds heavy on the day of judgment, O Allah. Grant us sincerity in our actions, O Allah. Allow us to live for you, O Allah. Allow us to do everything we do for your cause, O Allah. Allow us to always please you, O Allah. Safeguard us from the shaitan and the nafs, O Allah. Grant us afia, O Allah. Grant us good health, O Allah. Grant us barakah in our livelihood, O Allah. O Allah, you grant us the best of the dunya, O Allah. And grant us the best of the akhirah, O Allah. Grant us the best of the dunya, O Allah. And grant us the best of the akhirah, O Allah. Rabbana atina fi dunya hasana wa fil akhirati hasana wa qina adhab al-nar. Safeguard us from the fire of Jahannam, O Allah. Safeguard our parents, O Allah. Safeguard our children, O Allah. Safeguard the ummah, O Allah. Allah. Although we are not deserving, O Allah, grant us Jannatul Firdaus, O Allah. Grant us Jannatul Firdaus, O Allah. Grant us the companionship of Rasulullah, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. Allah, we are not asking because of who we are, O Allah. We are asking because of who you are, O Allah. O Allah, for you it's not difficult, O Allah. For you nothing is difficult, O Allah. Nothing is impossible, O Allah. Grant us the companionship of the Sahaba, O Allah. Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam asked of many good things. We ask of you the same. He sought your protection from many evils. We seek your protection from the same. Subhana rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wa salamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alayhi.